candid conversations that might just change how you look at the world. Let's bridge cultures, transcend borders, and build a global family of change makers. Welcome to If By Chance. Low riders take their rides very seriously. It's more than a hobby. It's a lifestyle with a rich history and culture. And in this episode, Junior shares his love of low riders and the things that outsiders get wrong. I've been working lately a lot on my on my podcast and I do live streams. I do weekly live streams. So uh, that takes up a, a lot of my time. Um, it's all about the lowrider culture. And what got you into lowriders? Oh, man. I think it came from my brothers. My brothers used to talk about how they used to see lowriders when I was small. And I got fascinated and I was like, I wonder what they're talking about. And then when I got over, pretty much when I got over here to Colorado is when I saw my first mini truck that was all lowered and um, it had the nice sound system and everything. And I got hooked. I really just got hooked on it and I never looked back. <laughs> so for people that don't know what a low rider is, can you explain it? Is it just that it's lowered or is there anything else about it? Um, that it's lowered, but it also that it has custom paint, custom rims, custom upholstery. I mean, it's got to stand out from every other car. So pretty much that's what a lowrider is. Different people have uh, different definitions of what it is, but it's mostly, I would say, a customized car that not everybody have. Everybody puts their own personal touch to their, to their project, to their car. So I haven't seen many where I live, but I have seen the lower cars that also have the hydraulics that kind of oh, yeah. bump along. Is that a low rider or not always? Oh yeah. It's that definitely is one of the big things that makes a low rider is is the hydraulic system because it, it just separates it from everybody else. Now the debate would be if uh somebody had airbags in their car because that's where you kind of get in a little debate of is it a lowered car is it a not lowered car so it depends on who you talk to I guess so when you say airbags you mean the regular airbags that modern cars have yes they some cars they put airbags instead of the hydraulics because really hydraulics are um they're real messy <laughs> so there's an airbag in the chassis that's making the car yes. go up and down yes Yes, it gets filled up with it gets filled up with air and it lowers it or it rises it up. So but yeah, it's a debate on if airbags are um are considered a modification. So but the good thing about airbags is though is that if you have a classic car, your best bet is to go with airbags because you really don't have to modify the car because if you do modify the car like hydraulics needs a car to be modified, it will lose its value. So where did this come from, this culture of lowriders? Uh, the culture of lowriding, some people say it came from California. Some people say it came from, from Mexico. And, uh, of course, you could throw in Yellow New Mexico in there too. <laughs> but uh, it came from back in the day for people to lower their cars, they used to put rocks in their trunk to make their car stand out and, and make it go lower 
to get that look. So just wait. And, oh yeah, just wait. You just wait. And then after a couple of years, they started they started cutting the leaf springs on the cars, and started cutting the coils that give you the smooth ride. They would cut those down, or they would compress them so they could lower the car even more. And then of course. Somebody, what was it? What was his name? Ron Aguilar. He is the one uh, that got credited with using the suspension on the airplanes that would lower and raise the wheels on, on, on an airplane. He was the first one to actually convert it and use it in a car to lower and raise the car. And was there a reason for him to do that? Um, I think they just wanted to be different, really. I think they just wanted a, their own style. And they wanted to do something different to where nobody else had it. So, And, of course, it always helped out because when the police officers would stop somebody, pull somebody over for the lower suspension because their car was a little bit too low, of course, they could actually raise the car in uh most of the time, they would get away with uh, not getting a ticket for altered suspension. So, Oh, so it was to fly under the radar, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so were there a lot of ro- uh, low riders around for the police to be targeting them? Um, It was starting to come up to where they were getting noticed by the police department. So... There was definitely something that they could work on and not get in trouble for it. So the cars today, are they not as low as they used to be? Or they have the hydraulic system to raise it to the appropriate level? Oh, yeah. They have the the hydraulics today are incredible anymore. They really have gotten so advanced. I mean, you got cars that are hitting 120 inches. Um on the front end, when they hop the car, I mean, it's literally hitting on the back bumper. Have you ever seen that? It, it's amazing what those guys can do with those hydraulics now. And is that one of the main reasons that people go to these meets that you cover? Really, I think, yes, some people do go for the competition of it to see where they're going to place, you know. But I think a lot of the people go for the camaraderie the brotherhood, the friends that they make just to go hang out with them. But yes, there is, there is car shows where there is your car does get judged to what you've done to it. When you first get into low riding, of course, the competition part of it is there and you're trying to be always in first place. So you're always improving your car. You're always doing something to your car. But as the years go by, you kind of fall into the place where you're like, you know, as long as people take pictures of my car, that's all I need. And of course, the friendships come with it. And you love to see those people week after week at the car meets, at the car shows. And that, that's, that's my best feeling. Just seeing the people that have started as friends pretty much now considered family. That's pretty amazing. So how Thank often you. are these meets? Are they a weekly thing? Um, they are a weekly thing, especially here in Colorado. You could always find a car show. It doesn't matter if it's a lowrider car show, if it's an import car show, if it's a hot rod car show, 
there's always car shows like every weekend and sometimes most of the time there's multiple car shows so they're going on all the time and so when you're covering these shows what do you like to focus on i used to focus a lot on uh taking the photography of them just try to capture the feel of the event that weekend and taking videos of of the cars and the car hop during the car show and just a little bit of everything so if somebody wasn't there they could actually get the feel of what went on that weekend and you've moved on from that now um I kind of have moved on from the photography and the videography. My podcast, my live streams tend to focus more on what the history of the lowriding was, just in case people don't know. I don't, claim to, I don't claim to be an expert and I don't claim to know it all, but I do a lot of research on lowriding and how cruising started and this, about the suit suit riots, all kinds of stuff like that. So I've not heard of those riots. Can you tell oh, me? Oh, the suit suit riots? Yeah. Um, the suit suit riots were uh, back in the 40s. This is when the end of when the United States was going through World War II. And there was a lot of rationing going on with everything, with metal, with fabric, with food. Everything was going on. And the Hispanic, the Chicano youth, they were into their dress. They really loved to dress up in uh, real flashy, I guess you could say, the for lack of a better word. And so they would don these suits. They were called suit suits. But the problem with that was to make a suit suit, it would take a lot of fabric. And so what happened was when the sailors would come back from the war or would be on a break from the war, they would look at that as very un-American. So the soldiers the army, the, the service people attacked the Hispanic youth. And that's what started the suit suit riot. And I learned all that history. I love learning all that history. That's so awesome. <laughs> and how did that evolve? Were they part of the low rider culture or did the low rider? Uh, they were part of the, yes, they were part of the low rider culture and with, with their dress, they pretty much, of course, they were part of the, of the lowrider culture. So it wasn't the cars that were attracting the attention. It was how they put themselves out into the world. Yes. Yes. They were like kind of portraying themselves as un-American because they weren't rationing the materials they had. They were using them on their clothes. And a lot of people thought that was un-American. So were the cars as flashy back then as well? Um, they weren't as flashy. Today's cars are, are just incredibly detailed. Back then, mainly they were lowered and they had a paint job on them. But I really don't think they were as fancy as the ones are today. They, there are some incredible creations done today that is just amazing. <laughs> Even to me that I go to the car shows every, almost every week, every weekend. Those cars are just amazing. <laughs> and a lot of time has passed since those riots. Do you feel there's still some sort of division there? Um, 
I feel like uh, I still I feel like we still fight a lot of stereotypes. Um, and like I said, I'm going to be truthful on here uh, on this uh, podcast. And I still to this day, we still fight a lot of stereotypes that uh, lowriders are nothing but drug dealers. And that we're nothing but troublemakers. Which we're not. Some of us work on those cars for many, many years. And we work overtime at work to get that extra money to fix up the cars. I think we still fight a lot of negative stereotypes, even to today. It's getting better. It's getting better. I think people are starting to ask questions to, to where we can tell them exactly how it is. I mean, there is some work that gets outsourced to make these cars look good. But a lot of what you see in those cars, they're done in garages in the backyard by the owner themselves, by the sons, the daughters. It's a whole family thing just to get a car to to uh, show quality. And is the community now quite diverse? Oh, yeah, definitely diverse. Any race you could find at a car show now. You, you would not be surprised to see, you know, black people, white people, of course, Hispanic, Asians. I mean, you can see all kinds of people and they love this lifestyle. I mean, we even got, uh, we even got people like in Japan and Hong Kong. They're like adopting how we dress, how we act, our music. Um, they're adopting everything. They love it. But definitely, when you go to these car shows, you definitely see so many different races there. And that that is so awesome. I love seeing that. Tell me about the dress. So if I was out and about in your area, how would I know that I was looking at someone that was part of the lowrider culture? Um, Usually, one of the easiest ways you could tell, I guess, is, is a lot of us are in car clubs. Uh, a lot of these car clubs, they help out with, with helping you build your car, helping you turn down your car and improving it. The easiest way you could tell is a lot of us have a car club shirts. And usually car clubs pick one color, one color or another to represent their car club. And are they a bit like motorcycle clubs in that you'll have badges and motifs on them? Um. You usually have a just a design on the back uh, saying your car club name, uh-huh. um, but uh, you usually don't see usually don't see patches or anything like that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating how the lowrider community has shifted over time, and that now it's become a place where you can share interests, even though you're no longer from the Latino group, not Hispanic anymore. Do you feel that it's oh. actually broadened your horizons, having met people from different cultures to yourself? Oh, yeah, it definitely has. It definitely has. I love, like I said, I include everybody. So when I say my lowrider brothers and sisters, I, I mean everybody from everywhere. And I used to belong to a car club, a, a worldwide car club called Uso Car Club. And they had diversity in, in that club. 
uh, it was a Samoan car club. So Yuso means brother in Samoan. So uh, one of the things that the founder, Kita Lita Leo, one of the things that he introduced to the lowriding community that has never been introduced before is when we saw another club member, we were told hugs, not handshakes. So a lot of people in the lowriding community, when they saw us, they were all like, why do you guys hug a total stranger with the same shirt on? It's like, because that's what we were taught. We were taught that, you know, that they were our brothers and our sisters. And that, that's, that, has, that was something that was never seen in the lowrider community. It was never seen. And he started it back in when he started Uso Car Club. Did he start that in Samoa or did he start that in the States? He started in the States, but he used his ethnicity to kind of mold that car club. So he used the Samoan teachings, his Samoan background, and he integrated it into a what he wanted the car club to be. So what made it global? I think what made it global was just people, when they would see somebody from the Uso car club, because I can say from my own experience, this is how I was like, wow, I want to be part of that. I think when I saw them and their family, how they did the family kind of theme to it, I love that. I wanted to be part of that. So I think that from there, it started from one person saying, oh, I want to be part of that. And I'll take it back to my country. I'll take it back to Finland. I'll take it to Australia because there is chapters in Australia too. And I think that's what, how it went global. It went global from people seeing it and they said, well, I want to start a chapter, you know, in Mexico. I want to start a chapter in Colorado. And of course, the, teaching, the teachings came with it. So I think that's what made it a, a global car club. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the teachings and what drew you to it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, man. His teachings were about, about respect, about having a family kind of unit to the car club, not just a car club, not just hanging out, not just having the same interests. But actually, one of the biggest things when you joined Uso and you were, um, you were first introduced to Kita, he would actually give you a kiss on the cheek. And it didn't matter if you were a woman or a man. You got that Kita kiss, and that was one of the best things. I'll never forget, you know, when I got that because it was like I was accepted into the family. And that was one of, I could just say it was one of my greatest life accomplishments to make it, to be part of that family. But he taught us a lot. He taught us not only how to be good car club members, but he also taught us how to, how to act in our own family, how to treat people, how to be, how to be open to, to everybody. He really did. He, to this day, I still keep his teachings in my heart. I really do. So what changed for you in terms of your interactions with your family? As far as... Uh, From the teachings. Um, I think it changed on how to, the way to act, 
<laughs> I think he taught uh, taught me that not to, because uh, I used to be like very quick tempered, and he taught me how to calm myself down, and he taught me how to act in public. Pretty much is one of the things he taught me. It sounds like a very important lesson. Oh yeah. <laughs> And how to be a good, uh, how to be a good husband, how to be a good man, how to treat people with respect, all all kinds of stuff. He definitely is the teachings that I got from the car club, which it, it's hard because in today's car clubs, I think that's one of the things that's missing is is good leaders. It really is one of the things, um, where I see a lot of things that are, that car clubs and and people doing the low riding. And I could say, I'll be like, I would never do that. That's not the way to act. That's not the way to represent low riding. Because one of the things that we were taught when we were in a car club was not only do you represent you, not only do you represent your family, not only do you represent the car club on the shirt, but when you're out in public and you're not acting right, you are also representing low riding worldwide. That was one other thing. And what is one example of the behavior you would like to change that you're seeing currently? Um, I think having more leaders in the car club, people, um, let me see. <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to kind of put it. I don't think people are being taught how to be good leaders before they take the role of a president. And they're not teaching good values. They're not teaching good morals on, on when you're out in public, how to act right. You know, that's one of the biggest things that I see that's going on today. So they're not carrying themselves in a respectful way towards outsiders? No. Uh, not really towards outsiders, but overall in general, how they conduct themselves. Because sometimes I see people... Sometimes yeah. I see people with uh, car club shirts and, and they got a can of beer in their hand. We would never be allowed that. Never Sorry. be allowed that. It went that far in terms oh, of... Oh, yeah. Or cussing around kids. I don't, think, I don't think that's right for us to do, you know. And just overall, in general, in public, when people don't act right, that, that looks bad upon the low riding community and that's something that I really don't like to see. So the difference to me sounds like with the Samoan car club it was very much about or is very much about promoting the culture of low riders and how being a member of one of those car clubs can really change you for the better and help oh, those yeah. around you. It wasn't so much about going somewhere to relax with a can of beer in hand. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, it was. More about service and brotherhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was about conducting ourselves right. Um, of course, it was about having fun at barbecues and, and having fun at car shows, but also uh, in conducting ourselves in the right way in conducting ourselves in a way that lowriding would be looked at in a positive light and not adding more to the stereotype that's already been added 
already to the people that think they know what lowriding is. <laughs> so what made you leave that club? Um, I got divorced from my ex-wife and um of course we were in a the cart we were in a we were in a chapter together, so I pretty much couldn't stay. But I miss it to this very day. I do miss it. I wish I could go back. It, so it sounds like it, it really was a, is a family affair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was. And, to, to, and, and still to this very day, I could go to a car show and, and uh, I could see another Uso and I'll give him a big old hug. You know, they still treat me like family. I still treat them like family. It, it It's not going to change. Because that those values, those morals are are still in my heart, and they'll be in my heart for till my heart starts beating. When I decided to start going to car shows and start competing in them, um, like I said, it's it when you first start, when you first get into low riding, you want to be number one. Let Let's not beat around the bush. You want to be number one. You want that first place. Yeah, week after week, you want to be the man. But then after a while, like I said, you start meeting people and they become friends. And then after a couple of years, they become pretty much your family. Then then you don't mind. Then you're all like, you know, as long as people take a picture of my car, that's like them giving me a trophy. And I don't really care about placing anymore. <laughs> after a while, it's more about spending time with your friends that have now become your family and just hanging out at the car shows. And just having fun, just talking the day away while people are enjoying the looking at your cars, taking pictures of the cars. And that's the greatest feeling. And that's what keeps me going. It's pretty much like for me going to a car show uh, week after week. It's like going to church for me. It's good for my soul. It lifts me up. It recharges me. It, it helps me get through the week. Knowing that if I have a bad week, man, that car show coming up, I get to spend with them guys. So then I get to laugh again. I get to be part of a family again. I get to have fun and just relax and not worry about work or not worry about any problems or anything like that. So if someone's just starting out and they want to be part of the community, what would you suggest that they do? Um, one of them is just just go to a show. Just go to a show and ask people questions. If you have a curiosity about what what is all involved with the lifestyle, just go and ask questions. A lot of the guys, a lot of the men and women that are in lowriding, because there's a lot of women in lowriding too, and uh, women are doing a great job. I mean, there are some cars out there that women have that those men can't even compete. <laughs> I'm all like, you guys can't even keep compete and what one of the advantages of a of a woman having a a car a show car is a woman can put color schemes together better than a man i mean i'm sorry but i'm just being truthful and they can really do some great things just just like my ex-wife the things that she would that come out the ideas that would come out of her head i'd be like <laughs> but back to the question was just going to a car show and just asking questions and just getting to know people and just introducing yourself 
they're, they're more than they're more than, than than willing to answer any of your questions and uh you know that's how you get to know people that's how you get to network and then that's how you get to know well if i need rims for my car i could just ask somebody and they could connect me with the right person the right shop to go so that i could start working on my ride because i don't want to get back to oh you know i'm getting back to kita but kita said he goes we are the picassos of the boulevard we can take a regular looking car and we can modify it. We can add to it. And um, it's like a canvas to us. It really is. It, it's an expression of who we are. A lot of these cars you'll see is a lot of them will use their cars to profess their faith. A lot of them will, some of them will use their cars to uh, do a family portrait on the hood because that's what's special to them. That's what they want people to know that their family is everything. Or they might put a picture of Jesus and they're professing their faith. They're saying, they're telling the world that this is what's important to me. What's on my car? My, the theme of my car is what is important to me. It's who I am. It's a very personal thing when you put a car together because you're letting people into your world. And when you see a person's car, they're letting you into their world. They're letting, you know, this is what I hold dear to my heart. So, but like I said, it's just going to a car show and just making yourself open to people and introducing yourselves, introducing yourself and People are very open. People are very friendly. Lowriders are very friendly. And they love when people go check out their cars. They love it. I can just tell you from experience from myself, when people go check out your car, you get the greatest feeling in the world. There is no better feeling in the world when somebody's like, wow, that's awesome. Look at what he did here. Look at what he did there. Look at that Muriel. You know, it, it's people love it. How long do you think you'll be involved with low riding? Oh, I don't think I'm going to slow down anytime soon. So are there I many, really don't think. Are there many grandparents at these meets? Oh, it, it's become, low riding has become from being teenagers in cars. Back in the day, it just used to be teenagers in cars and trying to meet uh, man, single men, single women, mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> but it has gone from that to being a family, to being a whole family uh, outing at these car shows. You'll see a lot of families now. Nowadays, you'll see a lot of families at car shows. And now that the parents might have a, a car or truck that they put in the show, and then right beside it, they'll put a little, a little boy's trike, a little girl's trike, and it's fixed up. And now the kids are getting involved in it. But like I said, this is one of the things that I love about low riding because it teaches kids to stay away from trouble. It teaches kids how to work on something, how to tear it down, how to build it back up, how to use their imagination in painting a trike, painting a car. It teaches so much of that takes so much time. Um, 
that they don't have time to get in trouble. They want to improve their, they want to improve their bicycle. And that's what I love about, that's another thing that I love about low riding. It, it's a whole family thing now. You'll see a lot of families at these car shows. And is there a market for these, even the bikes, as well as the low riders, once they do them up, do people sell them or do they like to hold on to them? Uh, some people, it becomes too sentimental value to let go. But I know a lot of people that do sell their cars after they're done with, or not done with them because you're never done with the lowrider. That's another thing. You're never done with the lowrider. There's always something you can improve. And actually, a lot of the cars that you see at the big car shows in Las Vegas and Los Angeles, a lot of those cars get shipped out to Japan. They get shipped out to Australia. They get shipped out to Hong Kong. A lot of those people are willing to pay that price for that car and to ship it all the way out there. So some of these cars do get sold. Oh, yeah. There, there's a big market for not only for cars, for the, the bikes that get done up real nice. I mean, some of those bikes are going for a pretty good penny. And uh, now you have pedal cars. The little pedal cars are now being done up and they're being sold, too. The kids pedal cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, you should see some of those. They're crazy. Uh, those pedal cars are now... Uh, They've even done the strollers before, the little kids' strollers. They're getting done up with paint jobs and murals and uh, engraving, all kinds of stuff that they could do to it. They're done. They'll do it. So That's I'll, have to send you some, I'll have to send you some pictures of some of this. Yeah. You'll be amazed. I think we'll have to put some links to those because oh, yeah, yeah. I'm wanting to see this. It just sounds... Mm so much more creative than I thought oh, yeah. this conversation was going to oh. be. <laughs> oh. We started talking about cars, but just it's really an expression of the person and their lifestyle and, and what is really important to them. Oh, yeah. And a yeah, conversation starter as well. It is. It is. Because you could go up to somebody and it, it's it's pretty much like having a somebody having a tattoo and, and you look at their tattoo and you're like, well, what is, uh, what point in your life did uh, this tattoo inspire? And it, yeah, like you said, it's a conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how comfortable most people are going up to someone with a tattoo and, and asking, <laughs> but to me, it's more, it's more like a puppy dog in a way. It seems a lot, quite accessible. If you see someone with a really cool car, mm -hmm. people will love to stand next to it. And get a selfie, get a photo, oh, talk yeah. to the owner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you yeah, do. Definitely. You really appreciate the effort that somebody goes to <laughs> to create oh, those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. And it's like us. It's like us lowriders. I mean, of course, we hang, we a lot of times we hang around with our own uh, community of lowriders. But we can go to a meet and we can go to a hot rod. And we could appreciate how much work they put in because we understand what they go through. So it's not just about being with our own. We can appreciate somebody working on their hot rod, somebody working on their motorcycle. Because we know the process that it takes and so long and the creativity, like you said. So there's not any rivalry. 
there used to be a rivalry between uh, lowriders and hot rods. But now we see that we can get along, you know, because we appreciate, you know, our dedication. We know how much dedication it takes to work on a project like that. So we have that mutual respect. So it, it, it's been getting better. It's been getting better over the years. When do you think was the real flashpoint for the rivalry? When did it reach its peak? Um, I think it was when they had a lot of more misconceptions of us, really. And uh, once they got to know us, they, I think they said, you know, you guys are not as, you guys are not as different as we thought, or the things we heard about you guys is not what it, the truth was. And what has helped shift that narrative? Um, I think that we have become more, more open to talking with them to hanging with them, to inviting inviting the hot riders to, to our events. And I think that's really helped out. Bringing out the welcome mat for them, you know, I think has really helped out. Like, come to our show, and uh, we would love to have you. I think those little couple of words have really opened up a lot. They really have. So building a bridge to someone who lives quite differently to you has really, really helped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just really even saying hi to them, really just being open, I think has really helped out. Or, yeah, even going up to them and they know that we're lowriders and complimenting on something, that's really opened up a lot of things too. Just one simple compliment on their cars have really opened up things too. Just on the straight kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was complimenting on how their chrome looks, how their tires look. Because a lot of this, it's kind of crazy because some of the ideas that we have got for our lowrider cars, we have gotten from the hot rod, you know. So we, I think we inspire each other. You know, even the hot rodders will look at us and be like, hmm, I never thought of that, doing that. You know, that's a good idea. I think I'll do something with it. I'll do something different, a little bit different, but the same. So what have you got planned for the next few months in terms of your low rider? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, as far as the, I don't have a, I don't have a car right now, but as far as the podcast and everything, I just plan to. Go to these, go to these car shows and really just promote the low riding lifestyle, you know, in a positive way. And like I said, and breaking down a lot of those stereotypes that people have. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Oh yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. You, um, I just want to say, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to your podcast. Thank you for giving me this time. The feeling of finding a place where you truly belong is priceless. It's even better when those around us inspire us to do better. Junior's story reminds us that this ride of life isn't just about the destination, but the community we build and the values we live by. Now, dear listener, it's your turn. 
Have you got something to add to the conversation? Then get in touch via the links in the show notes. Whether you have questions, a message of support, or resources that you think might help, we'd love to hear from you. And if by chance, you know someone with a story that will inspire others, be sure to let us know. Your contributions help turn inspiration into action, drive positive change and make life just that little bit better. And if this conversation inspired you to expand your worldview, head to hellohuman.global to join the conversation.